Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Follow the money. That's what I always say. You always follow yeah, the money. Yeah. This is Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Polly Howard on VSEN. Good to have you on board here on a Tuesday morning. It is Follow the Money. We're live in downtown Las Vegas from the Circa Resort and Casino. Mitch Moss, along with Mike Palm, who's the VP of this great property. Uh, he's filling in for Paulie today. A little bit under the weather again uh, this morning. Uh, thinking Paulie might be able to come back on the show tomorrow. We'll see how it goes for him uh, later on this morning. We are joined in studio bright and early on this terrific day by Paul Stone, professional sports better, college football, golf handicapper, among other sports. Thanks so much for taking time out of your uh, quick trip to Las Vegas to join us. How are you? Doing well, man. Glad to be with you guys. Uh, Mike and, and the gang here at Circa um, opened uh, their week one sides and totals uh, yesterday morning. So came in to participate in that and uh, got a little U.S. Uh, golf open draft with some of the guys here in town out at a local uh local watering hole tonight so a lot of fun a quick trip but uh gonna enjoy it so during your appearance on this show today we're gonna get hit some of your bets in the u.s open we'll get to that we'll get to some of your bets in week one circa opened up games was it yesterday or was it the day before my timeline is a little bit confused here and i think maybe a back and forth here mike about booking those games and taking bets from someone like paul as well um yesterday we opened yesterday yesterday. okay Mm -hmm. You basically, because Circa, they've been the world openers in college football now for a handful of years. You don't live in Las Vegas. You live in Texas. But you you fly out every weekend during the college football season to bet here at Circa. And that's part of it. I mean, I have some some other things going on. But uh, I enjoy participating. And I mean, they really do a good job. I'm not just saying that because uh, Mike's sitting here next to me. But uh, 
you know, just through the years, uh, you know, Matt Metcalf uh, continued it. And now the the gang, their all-star crew of bookmakers, I mean, they're going to put up uh, good prices. Uh, they're going to be sharp. And, and they took some some decent limits yesterday for those who like to, to bet a little bit more. So uh, it's just a lot of fun yeah. to, to participate. Oh, no doubt. You can fire here. They're not afraid. Yeah, I mean, they took 1,000 on size yesterday. I think they took at least three 1,000 uh, on totals, rather. They took at least 3,000 on all the sides. They took 5,000 on some sides, and they took 10,000 on one or two highlight games like LSU and maybe Florida State uh, and, and maybe another oh. one. So, yeah, you definitely, uh, you know, people can whet their appetite for college football in June here at Circa. It's not bad taking 1,000 on a total right now. <laughs> That's a tough number. <clears throat> It is. I mean, the totals, especially, you know, we have a, a pretty significant rule change with the, the clock not stopping on first down, uh, except in the final uh, two minutes, I think, of the first half and the end of the game. So it's even trickier than ever. And totals in college football are always, especially early in the year, a very difficult, uh, uh, you know, uh, puzzle to figure out. So certainly respect that. Okay. And for new members of the audience for this show in particular here on VSIN, you come on with us once a week during the football season, but you also like your appearances start in the summertime, right about now giving out bets on conferences, right? Outright winners, uh, regular season win totals. And you'll come on once a week. And that is going to start today. We'll begin here with the big 12 in your neck of the woods, right? Before we get into some of uh, the bets that you have made so far and the bets that you would recommend uh, you have, you've always had a very good pulse on Texas and the Longhorns. What is the plan for you know, stud incoming quarterback, Arch Manning. What are they going to do here? Yeah, I think a lot of people maybe. I think, first of all, people need to temper their enthusiasm for uh, for Arch Manning. I mean, he played, uh, he is a Manning, and he obviously has a tremendous skill set. But he's a true freshman. Mm-hmm. Uh, he played at Isidore Newman there in New Orleans, which is not the highest level of high school competition. So th- there's an adjustment period. And, uh, you know, Quinn Ewers is their clear-cut number one quarterback. And uh, a lot of Manning uh, proponents might not like it, but Malik Murphy is the clear-cut number two quarterback. I mean, I think Arch Manning will probably get some mop-up time just because he's probably a, a four-year top player there at, uh, at Texas, so no need not to play him. But uh, the guy who's next in line, if Quinn Ewer stumbles, is going to be Malik Murphy, not Arch Manning. Now, is the Manning family okay with this? If not, uh, what happens? Like, will there say, will there word like supersede guys who might be in front of him, or could, could you see a transfer down the road at some point? You know, you always, I think, any school in the country in today's climate for college football with the uh, ability to, to transfer uh, on a moment's notice uh, during the, you know, the portal period, you have to worry about that. But we talk about helicopter dads, and Cooper Manning, his dad, is the dead opposite of that. Mm-hmm. They're not even allowing him to take NIL money. They said he will not take any NIL money until he's a starting quarterback at the major college level. So he is not taking a dime, although the obviously he would be making millions of dollars. He hadn't taken anything. So uh, I think Cooper Manning is a hands-off type guy, much like uh, you know Archie Manning was for his boys. And uh, you know I think they'll let him develop. And you know it, it'll be interesting to see if he he's obviously going to start his collegiate career at the University of Texas. Might be another thing whether he finishes his career at the sure. University of Texas. Paul, how hot is Steve Sarkeesian's seat there in Austin? You know, I think it's somewhat hot. He's recruiting at a very high level. But, you know, the fact of the matter is Steve Sarkeesian in his first two seasons is 13 and 12 straight up. He's 9 and 12 against power five teams. Mm -hmm. 9 and 12 
I think this is either his 10th or 11th season in college football as a head coach, uh, starting at uh, Washington, I think at 32 years old, then the, the stint there at Southern Cal and now at Texas. He's never won double digits in a season. He needs to win double digits this season or that seat could get uh, quite warmer. But I, I hope they give him time. Um, I think they've got the possibility uh, for a big year this year. But again, Texas is that perennial underachiever. Everybody's talking Texas big in June. Uh, but come uh, the end of November, typically they have failed to meet expectations. Okay, so then your outright winner for this conference, the Longhorns are as low as plus 120 to win this thing. Are you looking at that team and Sark to actually get it right this year? Or are you looking at a team down the board a little bit? You know, it makes me uh, makes me maybe look a little bit like a square, but I mean, Texas is just head and shoulders, in my opinion, roster-wise, above every team in this conference. Uh, you know, if you take that plus 120, I just cannot see how they're not going to be in the Big 12 title game. And if they're in the Big 12 title game, they're not going to be the underdog. On the money line, you're not going to be getting plus right, 120. Right. So uh, I, I like Texas to win just because there seems to be an imbalance at the at the top of the conference. And then, you know, behind them, you know, positions two through five, you could really mix them up, and they could come out in a whole lot of ways. So uh, I think Texas is just the clear-cut best team in the conference. They have no glaring weaknesses. The offensive line has been, uh, you know, mediocre at best the last five or six years, even since you could say the national championship appearance in 2009 against Alabama, the offensive line has been uh, subpar. Five starters are back this year who started all 13 games last year. Three of those guys were true freshmen. One of those guys is Kelvin Banks, the left tackle. He will be a Thursday night draft pick uh, in 2025. Mm. He faced four players last year who were selected among the top 31 picks in the draft, two of those being Will Anderson and Tyree Wilson, uh, the defensive end from Kansas State, uh, and then uh, Will McDonald from Iowa State. He gave up one sack all year. The quarterback got knocked down on his watch one time all year. So he's a big-time player. So they've, they've gotten better at some positions where they haven't been good recently. Chris Kleeman in Kansas State win the Big 12 title. TCU plays for a national championship. Which one of these two teams has a higher ceiling this year? That's a great question. You know, I might say Kansas State, just off the top of my head. TCU had a uh, school-tying record, eight players selected in the NFL draft. Uh, it was a magical season. They won a, a lot of close games. I think they were plus four in what uh, we call net close games, games decided by seven points or fewer. They were plus six in the turnover category. Uh, they just lose so much talent. Um, but, you know, the job that Sonny Dykes has, has done there to, to for him to come in his first season with low expectations, probably most people uh, had them – tabbed as a second division team in the in the Big 12 to do what they did last year was just an incredible accomplishment. Chris Kleeman, I mean, at Kansas State, uh, it's almost like just a continuum of what Bill Snyder built there in Manhattan. Uh, he recruits players maybe that are a little bit under the radar, but like TCU, I mean, you lose a guy like Deuce Vaughn in his three years there. I think he had between receiving and rushing yards close to 5,000 total yards offense so that's tremendous uh, production that they're going to have to replace, and they won't be able to replace at all. So, uh, you know, they're having to reload a little bit. But I think Kansas State's maybe uh, 
in a little bit uh, better position, uh, primarily probably because they'll be a little bit better than TCU, more than likely on defense. We can continue this to get your two win totals uh, after the break. But I did see a prop up, Paul, on the 2023 Big 12 winner, and it's phrased this way. Any team from Texas, minus 140 to win the conference. You already said you like the Longhorns. Or you get the field at plus 105. And the new landscape here of this conference and how it looks is minus 140 too much to lay, you think, in your opinion there? And you'd be getting, you know, more teams than just the Longhorns here to win it. Right. Obviously, more teams in the Big 12 are outside the state of Texas than inside. Sure. But, uh, you know, you, you get Texas and, and Texas Tech. You know, they're going to be uh, they're going to be a popular uh, dark horse pick in the Big 12 this year. And uh, you talking about a coach that's done a big time job, Joey McGuire, who's a Texas high school coaching legend. They're in the Lone Star State. In year one, they win eight games. They win uh, uh, their last four games in a row. They beat Ole Miss by 17 in the bowl game. They beat Texas and Oklahoma for the first time ever in the same season. So they're they're part of that uh, Texas contingent. And then TCU, as Mike mentioned, a, a defending national champion runner-up. So I would lay the minus 140. I don't know if you want to lay much more than that, though, because you are taking fewer teams. And if Texas stumbles – as they often have in recent years, <laughs> then, you're, then you're stuck uh, with a minus 140 ticket that's going to have a hard time getting there. Well, you got a shot to get both teams from Texas in the title game, obviously, and then, and have a winner. Yep. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's obvious. Yeah, if you get if you get two Texas teams in that uh, championship game, you can just lay back and uh, have a good time. Hang tight here. We'll continue with professional sports better Paul Stone. We'll get his win totals in the conference coming up next. And also... Circa released week one point spreads and totals yesterday. Paul already made 18 bets. We'll have that conversation next here on VSIN. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Good to have you on board here on Follow the Money. Mitch Moss along with Mike Palm here this morning. He's filling in for Paulie Howard and professional sports better Paul Stone, our guest here for a majority of this hour. He was talking about the Big 12 and he recommended Texas to win this thing. He said he'd be surprised. I mean, if they get there, they're certainly going to be favored against whichever team they're going to be playing against. So at that time, the money line will not be plus 120 on Texas. Now look at the conference overall and how it has changed this year, Paul. I mean, the influx of new universities, we're talking about BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, Central Florida. All of these teams were recently powerhouses in college football. Cincinnati, two years removed from the playoff. BYU, tremendous regular seasons. Number two pick in the draft was Zach Wilson at quarterback. Houston had really good regular seasons. And Central Florida, not that long ago, undefeated. The one year they took apart LSU in the bowl game, and now here you go, you look at their win totals, they're between four and a half and six and a half for every single team. What are your expectations for these new schools? Well, you kind of laid it out well there, Mitch. I mean, these four schools have, uh, you know, they don't have their best stuff, so to speak, right now. You know, they finally uh, reach the big time or get to, a, you know, a Power Five conference and their programs are just kind of in a di- down cycle, all four of these new teams. Uh, and I think it's no great revelation that uh, these four teams are all going to be picked to finish in the lower division of the Big 12. Uh, and you spoke to it. I mean, Cincinnati was a, a national playoff uh, participant in 2021. Uh, and now two seasons later, I've seen them picked. Uh, I don't think it's accurate, but I've seen them pick 14th in the 14-team league. So they're going to be uh, you know, picked to finish down low. And uh, you spoke about Central Florida. You know, a few years ago, they – go undefeated and hold their national championship uh, parade. University of Houston's won a lot of football games recently, but, uh, you know, they lose a four-year starting quarterback in Clayton Toon, uh, big-time receiver in Nathaniel Dale. Uh, Their defense has slipped the last couple of years, so I think they're in line for a second-division finish. And I just don't think BYU uh, is going to play enough defense in year one in Big 12. So these – these new schools, I think they're going to get, uh, you know, they're going to take their lumps in uh, year one uh, in the Big 12. It'll be interesting to see how they uh, 
recruit and how they, uh, you know, compete going forward in the new league. When you handicap a season win total, how much stock do you put in like BYU, these teams that don't usually go to Provo to play there, having a home field advantage? Like Houston, no. I mean, it's all Texas schools. There's not long trip. But maybe BYU is a much different atmosphere to play in for teams. It's a raucous atmosphere for sure, and the the elevation um, mm-hmm. element. You know, if you look at these teams that are above five thousand feet in mm-hmm. college football, like you know the the BYU and uh, I guess Colorado, Laramie, uh, Utah Wyoming. State, Laramie, mm-hmm. uh, those type teams. If you look at them as a home favorite over the last ten years, they're negative against the spread. I think mm-hmm. the line maker figures that it, uh, you know factors in, in too much. But for regular se- season win totals, mm-hmm. it's probably not reflected accurately. But I really didn't look at it, uh, you know, m- perhaps as closely as I should because it will be a different uh, a different animal for some of these teams traveling to Provo, having never played at elevation. I looked at it more from the other opposite, the other uh, angle of, <laughs> of BYU, although they do routinely have some marquee opponents on their schedule, they don't play those types of teams week in and week out. You know, you got to bring your A game. The Big 12, they may not have that one outstanding team the last couple of years, but they just don't have any gimmies. You know, they don't have any tap-ins, especially with Kansas uh, resurrecting their program under Lance Leopold. So, you know, that's what I kind of looked at is how's BYU going to deal and Central Florida and Cincinnati and even Houston for that matter, how are they going to deal with having to load, you know, load the boat every week sure. and play a good team every week? Load the boat every single week. Uh, well put. So tell us about a couple of win totals here that you like in this conference. Speaking of the Big 12, the numbers that you found here and what you would recommend to members of the audience right now who want to put a couple in their accounts here and uh, wait for the season to kick off. You know, they're going to both be unders, and I looked at this closely too. If you're betting two teams to go under their season win total in the same conference, it's it's a good idea if they don't play each other because mm. <laughs> somebody's going to win. And these two teams that I'm going to recommend playing under do not play one another this year. But the first of those is going to be the Baylor Bears, uh, and they finished six and seven last year overall, uh, four and five in Big 12 play. They lost their bowl game to Air Force. I'm a big fan of, of Dave Aranda. I mean, he does an excellent job, but I don't see a whole lot different for the Bears this year in 2023. Uh, their quarterback, Blake Shapin uh, from Shreveport, Louisiana. He's a serviceable guy, but he's not going to win you a, a lot of games based on his individual play. They're a team that really needs to run the ball, but they lost four offensive linemen, four starting offensive linemen. I really look at that position group closely in my all-season preparation. Um, you know, they only allowed back in uh, 2021 when they won the Big 12, um, they only allowed a little over 19 points a game. But last year, they give up 28 points a game. They lose their top guy up front, a defensive tackle who was picked in the third round. So I like Baylor to go under their win total of six and a half. You can find that at minus 120 here at Circa. They've got a chance to start at three and oh. Uh, but I just don't see them winning any more than three games once they get to conference okay. play. So Baylor under six and a half at minus 120. Jeff Grimes is a guy I think would get a head coaching spot. Uh, I, I think he's a great offensive coordinator. And I've, I've watched them play. And I, I, for the talent he has, I think he gets a lot out of that team. You to know, your point about the quarterback, serviceable. <laughs> Yeah, you know, they uh, and, and Grimes is a well-thought-of uh, mm-hmm. assistant coach there in, in te- the state of Texas and there at Baylor. 
And, uh, you know, much like they're kind of like Kansas State, you know, they're, they're not going to beat uh, Texas and Texas A&M and Oklahoma, the teams that recruit the top talent there in Texas. They're not going to beat those guys, those schools out for too many players. So they have to they have to project. They have to develop. And uh, they're a little they're a, a clear disadvantage. And Jeff Grimes is a great coach. Yeah. But yeah, Blake Shapin, not to put all the onus on him, but uh, they just don't have enough offensive firepower to uh i think to win um you know be above 500 team or even a 500 team in the in the big 12 and you like i'm a man i'm 40 under as well i i, I do yeah look <laughs> looking at uh coach gundy i mean and, and you know he made some some comments or something i don't know on social media that maybe has driven some of this uh that, that uh his players maybe took uh from a negative standpoint not to get into the politics of it but I don't know what's driving it. Maybe that's it. But Oklahoma State, they're one of the biggest losers in the transfer portal among all Power 5 teams. They have just lost a tremendous amount of talent. You know, obviously their most notable loss, quarterback Spencer Sanders, after being a four-year starter there, he just inexplicably not only transfers, but transfers to Ole Miss. Well, they have a, an incumbent quarterback in J- Jackson Dart mm-hmm. who's got the advantage over him. And, and I, I, it's just kind of an odd, uh, mm-hmm. an odd situation. I don't know if there's NIL money. Uh, involved there or not, but they also lose their top running back, Dominic Richardson. They lose three of their top six receivers. They lose a lot of talent uh, on defense, including defensive end Trace Ford, who transferred to Oklahoma. I could go on and on, but, uh, you know, they just don't have the the kind of talent they had um, even in the past couple of years. And, uh, again, this is a league where you're going you're gonna to face uh, – uh, you know, a, a notable opponent week in and week out, and you better have your A game. And, and their quarterback play, I mean, those guys had to play a little bit last year because Sanders was injured much of uh, 2022. And there is such a drop-off from Spencer Sanders mm-hmm. to whoever takes the, the first snap of the season for the Cowboys. So I've got uh, Oklahoma State at uh, under their win total of uh, six and a half. Uh, and I think that's at minus 120 here at Circa. Yeah, Oklahoma State under, Baylor under as well. Paul Stone, our guest here. Uh, we'll get to your U.S. Open bets coming up in the next segment. Uh, Mike, when you guys opened up your week one numbers in college football yesterday and betters, pros like Paul Stone are in town mm-hmm. betting this stuff. And you're a busy guy, obviously, so you can't track everything, I don't think. But wh- how often like how, are you taking max bets yesterday? I'm guessing all the way up to $10,000 in some of the marquee games. And then how are you guys adjusting those numbers? Yeah, we'll move them. Generally, you take three max bets, you move a number, or depending on who it's from, if it's from a guy like Paul Stone, then one max bet might move that number at 10 dimes. So, but that's why we do it, because we know that we want price discovery, and, and our number isn't always going to be right. I mean, Metcalf's open games where he was eight points off on a side, not a total, eight points off on a side from where it closed, but we're going to let the people that have uh, that have the information and that are proven winners and have a track record help us get the number to where it should be, and we think we can get there quicker by doing that. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, I'm guessing though that the the totals, oh, the totals, the, the totals really could tough. be. To- I always think there's so much more exposure with the totals because who know who knows what the weather's going to be. Also, you know what I mean. We're talking about four months out and stuff like that. And totals are tough anyhow in college sports. They are. I mean, I you know I made eighteen bets yesterday, and thirteen of those were on on totals, yeah. oh, okay. and ended up to, versus the current line. You know, yeah. getting some pretty good value. Yeah. And another thing with totals this year that makes it even trickier is the fact that we have a, a significant rule change. The clock will no longer stop on first downs, except in the final two minutes of the first half. 
in the final two minutes of the game. It's anybody's guess how many plays will be reduced there. Okay, we'll continue coming up next and also get Paul's. He's, he's sharp on betting golf. We'll get some of his best bets for the U.S. Open coming up next. This is Follow the Money on VSEN. Become a smarter sports better with a VSIM Pro subscription. And for a limited time, sign up for only $9.99 and get full access to everything we do, including daily pro picks and all the summer action, including NFL and college football futures. More on that with Paul Stone coming up here momentarily. Premium analysis from our team of top handicappers and industry experts, 24-7 video access and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits showing you where the public and sharp money is going to give you an edge. Don't miss out on our lowest intro price of the year. All you have to do is visit vcin.com slash subscribe to sign up today. Uh, Paul Stone in studio here, professional sports better, loves college football. We'll get some golf bets from him here too in a few minutes. We were talking in the previous segment about Circa here. Uh, they opened up their college football week one numbers and totals yesterday. And Mike, you said that you guys have been off like eight points on a side before. Well, these totals, too, they could flip who knows how many points. And, Paul, you made 18 bets yesterday. 13 of those happened to be on totals. So of those games that you were betting on, what did you, what did you notice with the change in the number from yesterday to today? Well, the the totals obviously are, are more more sensitive and going to have more movement, especially early in the season. Yep. And it's it's important for me to point out, you know, some of this movement was created probably by my bet, so it's kind of artificial from my standpoint. But of the 13 total bets that I made, uh, two of those have moved by five points as of this morning, two have moved by four, and four others have moved by three points, uh, an average of right at three points of value. Uh, versus the opening number on those 13 totals. So, you know, I think I've got the, the best of it, so to speak. But, you know, I had the best of it quite a bit uh, last year uh, against Cirque on those sudden Sunday openers. And uh, it always doesn't uh, come out on your, you know, to your favor. So uh, we'll Good see how it goes. Good closing line value. Which, uh, which, two ga- <laughs> which two games have moved five points, Paul? Hawaii... Uh, I think that's Hawaii and Stanford. They play in week zero. I got it at 65 and a half, and it's now 60 and a half. And then Georgia Tech, Louisville, I got it under 57 and a half, now 52 and a half. Because of the new rules and what you talked about with the stoppages after the first downs and not going to be a thing until under two minutes now, was that your goal was to find numbers that you wanted to bet under, uh, thinking that we're going to have lower scoring games to begin with here this year? Yeah, maybe a little bit, but I think on our side of the counter, it's always wait and see because a lot of times you think, yeah. man, I'm probably going to bet that team, but then the line maker, you know, the, the number they put out reflects that they are seeing perhaps the same things For you sure. are. But, but you know, maybe I was tilted that little, uh, a little bit towards that uh, position of taking unders, but it's anybody's guess how this new rule change is going to affect the number of plays. Right now in college football, the last couple of years, the average college football game has about 141 plays a game. Some people say as many as 10% of the plays might be lost. So if you go from 140 plays a game to 126, (laughs) that's a significant uh, chunk of plays. But again, people are just guessing, they're projecting, and I'll certainly be watching the first couple of weeks of the season to see uh, what the actual results are, uh, the implication of that rule change. You know, it takes some of the handicap of the crew out of the game, too, with the spotting of the ball. You know, it varies widely how quickly they put that ball back in play. There's some crews in the Big Ten 
it's a running first down in the middle of the field. They really don't even stop the clock. It's one second and they're winding it. And then there's some other conferences where it's 10 to 12 seconds before they put the clock back in motion. So that sort of takes that variance out of the handicap. I know this USFL where they start the clock again after incomplete passes, it takes a while to adjust how big of an impact that has on a game. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's just a, it's, it's an evolving uh, game as a, as a handicapper, as a spectator. I mean, in college football, we're already dealing with, with NIL. We're dealing with uh, the portal where players can just, you know, you can just make over your roster. I think Colorado is going to have more than 50 new players <laughs> from one season to the next. And now we've got, you know, I think a lot of, you know, college football betters out there and observers, this is not to be underestimated. This is going to be a tremendous change to your handicapping style and not only totals you know a 20 point favorite with 140 plays mm-hmm. is different than a 20 point favorite if there's only 126 plays for instance sometimes i'll go back and watch a game from 1982 and think how did we ever sit through these games where they didn't start the clock back up when the ball went out of bounds when they spotted it right it would just stay it would stay a dead clock until they snapped the ball again in today's culture that's unacceptable well, Mike, we need things faster well, no kidding instant <laughs> gratification right? right yeah you're you're a man though you prefer betting unders in every sport mm-hmm. is this going to maybe including college football is this maybe going to potentially get you off unders or do you go the other side now and flip it maybe a little bit maybe get me getting bet, betting more I don't know if it's going it, it, to, like, like to Paul's point, maybe they've over-adjusted this line based on how it's going to affect the game. But college football, in this era of the, of the run and shoot, and they run to the line and all this and call the play at the line, it's hard to bet these games that have 160 plays. It's just hard to bet an under because there's just so many chances, so many possessions. I try to look for games, not as plays, but possessions. If I can isolate a game that's only going to have 13 or 14 or 15 possessions, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the <laughs> pace of play, you're, you're not going to have, I, I don't think, with the rule change, those types of mm-hmm. games, uh, you know, Texas Tech and Houston or whatever with the, the 160, <laughs> 170 plays a game, it's going to be reduced. But it's just it's just wait and see. I mean, we can all have our uh, – I'll make our guesses and I'll uh, say what we think might happen. But until we see the actual uh, impact of it, it, it'll be just kind of adjust on the fly. I, and by the way, I can't wait to see those adjustments from like week zero to week one to week two. And then, okay, what, what are, what's going on here? Like, what if we get a boatload of unders in the first couple of weeks and then the adjustments there? And then is it going to be an overcorrection correction at that point? You want to flip it and go the other way then? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's like, okay. Well, but also, if, if the people who are projecting a 10% reduction in overall plays across the, like universally for the sport. Like you said, to go from 141 to 125, 126, 20, that's a big chunk of, of plays that you're removing from every single game. Oh, it is. And, and I think that might be, and again, it's just guessing, but I, I think that might be a little high, but the, the source that I read that it was, I can't remember who it was, but it was somebody I respected uh, a publication, but you know, even if it's, um, you know, Six or seven percent, that's significant. So it's going to be, like you said, and then that over-adjustment comes. The books obviously aren't going to sit back and, and take it if they don't account for it uh, at a high enough level. So uh, then they'll adjust and there might be value in, in taking the over. So it'll just uh, it'll be uh, like a tennis match back and forth. Let's follow the money here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Our guest is Paul Stone. By the way, he's on Twitter at Paul Stone Sports. You also... Really enjoy betting golf on a weekly basis. All rights matchups as well. You're you're doing all of this with college football. A lot of your notes here are pen and paper, obviously. For those people watching the show, they can probably see some of that. So there's a lot going on here in that world. 
What have you had time to look at here for the U.S. Open? What have you bet so far? What do you like at this point? Well, I've looked at some outrights, and I'll give four of those two, uh, you know, relatively short shots, uh, a longer shot, and then a real long shot. And starting with my two outrights among the, the favorite uh, group, so to speak, Xander Shoffley at 17 to 1 here at Circa, and Victor Hovland at 19 to 1 here at Circa. Just two guys whose performance in the majors, uh, you know, speaks for itself. Victor Hovland, a winner recently at Memorial. Xander Shoffley, you know, he's often the the bridesmaid, but he's, uh, you know, I think he's getting close. And, and Hovland's confidence, I think, is at a, a really high level. And then I like Justin Rose uh, at 58 to 1. I mean, he's a steady guy. The fairways are going to be a little bit wider this week at Los Angeles Country Club than your typical U.S. Open golf course. But still, with the rough, there's going to be a, a attrition. There's going to be a need for that mental composure. Justin Rose, a veteran, so I like his uh, his makeup for this type of golf. And then a guy that won the 2019 U.S. Open at Pebble Beach and really hadn't done a whole lot in the last four years, but Gary Woodland, 165-1 to 1 here at uh, Circa, finished tied for 10th. Uh, last year in the U.S. Open. So at that kind of price, I think he's worth a, a bomb, so to speak. Okay, very good. Uh, I'm looking to get down on Justin Rose as one of my bets for first-round leader. Uh, it never surprises me when he is at or near the very top of the leaderboard after Thursday's action is done. It seems like he's always like in the mix there. Um, and also, uh, just the way Scheffler is playing, would you consider like a top 10 on him? He's, I saw minus 120. Matt Humans talked about maybe in the 140 range earlier today. The guy has been an absolute monster. Like going back, the sample size here is not small anymore in Scotty Scheffler. To maybe bet him top 10? Yeah, I mean, he's finished, I think, top 12 in every golf tournament <laughs> yes. in the current 20, yeah. 22, 23 wraparound season. And I mean, he obviously has been struggling with the putter the last three or four tournaments. And he's still right in the hunt because he's such a great ball striker. Uh, and a lot of us that uh, handicap golf, we're going to use certain metrics. And, and certainly uh, strokes gained off the tee will be one of those uh, metrics. And, and Scotty Scheffler, I think, is first on the tour again this year in that mm -hmm. particular statistical category. So, I mean, I, I just don't think you can go wrong, especially if you can get minus 120. For I only 10. got a few seconds, Paul, but I've been dying to ask you this question. In terms of your total volume, what percent is college football versus what percent is golf? Total betting volume. Just the whole season? Yeah, for a year, in a year. Oh, college football has to be probably, uh, of course, golf's every week for the most mm -hmm. part, but I'd say college football, just guessing 60-40, uh, okay. something like that mm -hmm. would be my guess. Thanks so much for coming in studio today. Man, I love being with you guys. We're getting close to uh, to the start of the season. Yeah. I made my first college football bet relating to the 2023 season, I think back on February 26th. So I've been doing this Incredible. for three and a half months. I think it almost should be time for the 2024 season, it seems like. <laughs>
Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zikazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. (laughs) I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. All my friends love it. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. to determine the winner of any given college basketball game. Someone gives you 10,000 to 1 on anything. You take it. Take it. Take it. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you 3 to 1 odds. Nope. 5 to 1. Nope. 10 to 1. You're right. All right, recapping last night's action. Bet that I had in pocket. No good. You know, entering the game... Between the A's and the Rays last night, James Caprillion had an ERA of 7.21. He was 1-6 and six on the year. And the Rays couldn't do anything in that game. They eventually scored three runs. Um, but they came yeah, they came in the sixth, and they were off Caprillion, actually. But for, for the first five innings, he shut them down completely. They really couldn't even get guys on base for the most part. And at that point, it was a 4-3 lead for Oakland anyway, and the Braves could get nothing else beyond that. So I laid two and a half runs with the Rays last night, plus 105. They were an outright loser, and now that's six straight wins for the Oakland A's. I'm not involved with that series at all today. Uh, Here's a bet that I added this morning. It's Scotty Scheffler, top 10. Bet this. This was uh, It's available at the Westgate. I, don't, I still don't think that uh, some books have up top 10s or top 20s yet. They will at some point today. But Scotty Scheffler, top 10, minus 120 is absolutely worth a bet to me. He is almost in Tiger Woods territory right now with this run that he's on in 2023. So uh, as Paul Stone said in a previous segment, finished top 12 in every single one. The T to green numbers are just 
they're almost imaginary or they're almost video game quality. If he could ever get the putter going, he's going to win these tournaments by four or five strokes. So top 10 minus 120, have to make that bet. I did. And uh, that is in pocket for today. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NHL and new customers can bet $5 and get $200 in a bonus that comes instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code VSIN when you sign up. You mentioned a little earlier, Brewers, Twins, maybe first five under four. Under four and uh, as well... Um... There's another baseball game I'm looking at that I haven't pulled the trigger as well with the pitching matchup. Uh, Toronto. Yeah, Bassett against yeah, Doc Bass, Kramer. Yeah, Bassett against Kramer at four and a half. You can find a four and a half. Those are the two uh, plays for me. One already bet. The other one I have not yet on the Kramer one. Okay, we're doing top five Tuesday today. <laughs> it's uh, top five game show hosts of all time. Pat Sajak announced yesterday that uh, this upcoming season – Number 41, by the way, for him on Wheel of Fortune will be his last. So this is a good conversation. Top five. would not, You can't even do it justice with a top five. You really need like a top 10 or more. But I do have number one overall, Richard Dawson, because of uh, what he was like on Family Feud. The fact that if you would go back and ever watch some of those episodes, I mean, there was like moderate petting going on <laughs> with, with the female contestants. And I think uh, like open kissing was taking place almost the way it looks at some point that this guy would have been fired within 14 minutes of uh, doing this in today's culture, right? There's no chance he would have a job. No but I, I also thought that he had a good sense of humor. Um, he was like a star all the way back then. And again, like to me, like what it means beyond like the game show itself, running man was made. Richard Dawson was on the show. He was like one of the one of the stars of the show with Arnold Schwarzenegger. So he's number one in my book. Yeah, and as I mentioned with Gene Rayburn, Dawson was almost like a co-star of Match Game all yep. those years in the bottom bottom center. My number one is Bob Barker, 35 years as host of The Price is Right. And before that, a 20-year run on Truth or Consequences. People of our age, not really old enough to remember that. But uh, he brought us Barker's beauties Yep, uh, and became, uh, in pop culture, probably the most... Uh, uh, the biggest of uh, of the game show host stars. So I think Barker's probably your consensus number one. Maybe Trebek is up there, uh, up there as well. Did I, I, it's such a tough category because we've watched so many shows. Like I, yep. I just I didn't even have Monty Hall in my uh, in my honorable mentions. But I know we want to get to those because this yeah. might be as interesting as our list. I thought for sure Monty Hall was going to crack like your top five. Yeah, he did not. He did not. Okay. He might not crack my top ten. Ooh, but I wasn't a big uh, let's make a deal. Oh, you don't like let's make a eh, deal. The coin you have a. Bobby pin, all that. You stuff. got a toothpick in there? Yeah. You got a cotton swab? What do you got? You got a receipt from a grocery store? Show me it. Okay. Uh, so Monty Hall did, in fact, make my honorable mention. Wink Martindale is in my honorable mention. Sajak did as well. Uh, I liked what you said earlier. May maybe a compiler because of the 41 years. Mm -hmm. But he had so many chances to, like, just put down the contestants on the show. But I thought he handled it with grace when they... It was so obvious what the phrase might be, and they would just be, you know, completely clueless and never be able to nail it. Um, Chuck Woolery, Scrabble, Love Connection, be back in two and two. Thought Scrabble. He, Scrabble was an underrated game. I like Scrabble. Yeah. I thought that was a good game. Uh, I thought Chuck Woolery did a good job as the host. And also, Dick Clark could have, would have, should have been in my top five. He was really good on uh, $100,000 Pyramid and everything else that he did. And he that, that guy's career was... 
you know, when we, my wife and I were looking at wedding venues in Southern California, we pulled up to uh, Duke's in Malibu, which is where we eventually got married. Getting out of a limo was Dick Clark. I don't know if that actually put us over the top, but that was, I'm like, oh my God, this guy's a you know, legend. Wow. And Dick Clark's in my honorable mention. He was so good on the pyramid. And he would always have the clue when they didn't get it. And it was one category and they had a decent amount of time and they tried and tried and couldn't get it to put them over the top, whether it was for 10,000, 25, 50, 100. And he would come over and give the one clue and people go, oh, you know, like that. I remember there was things you borrow and, and they, they went on and on and he came over and he said, your neighbor's sugar. And, you know, it clicks in people's head. Of course, he's probably had a day to, to look at the categories and come up with the perfect clue. Sure. But he was so good in that. Of course, there's a star of American Bandstand and, uh, and uh, all the New Year's Eves and things like that. He's also in my list. I only had three. I could have had a lot more. I didn't have this name. But you ever, do you ever watch the show Face the Music with Ron Ely, who used to, be, uh, used to play Tarzan? I thought that was a good show. No, Not mentioned. No. I have Jim Lang. Um who hosted Hollywood Squares, also hosted Name That Tune, many, Squares, many yeah. different shows. Jim Lang, who was one of my personal favorites in my Jim honorable Jim J. Bullock mention. for The Block, yeah. Storm Shadow. Well, I was, was I like Paul Lind when, uh, back in the day when he was the center square. Um, how about Jim Perry with Sale of the Century? Uh, that was a great show. I tried to find a way to get Jim Perry in just because it's not a name on a lot of people's minds. I know several people tweeted out Jim Perry. I, I probably, if my honorable mention had a list, it would go Perry Clark Lang, six, seven, eight. But there's names we left off that were, were terrific at different shows or had, were kind of one hit wonders. But it's a category where you could make a lot of arguments. I mean, this somebody said Ken Ober for Remote Control sure. on MTV. And all these shows had impact on people's lives. So I lucked into a, a, a day when Paulie was off a really good top five category. A great top five yeah. category. Uh, really good conversation. This guy would not make the list, but there was a game show back around 2010 called Downfall that I thought had a lot of potential. Chris Jericho hosted it, the former uh, wrestler in the WWE. So what they did is they put a bunch of like prizes on a conveyor belt on on the very top of a 10-story building in downtown LA. And like the more questions that they got, got wrong, I believe, or the, that they, they couldn't answer in time, they like, the, the stuff would fall off the 10-story building. They show up crashing... And it was like really good prizes. I thought this thing has absolute, this has tons of potential. And then it just lasted one season and then that, that was pretty much done. Um, do the Golden Knights finish it off tonight? Are we going to get quite the scene here in Las Vegas on the strip? Most likely that they will, but they always say the last game is the toughest one to win. Um, Look at the Nuggets last night. I, I worry about the psyche of the city uh, if they lose tonight. And then obviously they lose and the pressure's on them going back to Florida. You don't want to have to face a game seven. I think they're the better team here. They've played very well defensively. What Kachuk role is, it'll be limited. But like Smolster said last night, I mean, it's all hands on deck. Everybody that you know can walk out there. Willis Reed kid has to play in this game. Interesting first goal here, though. Who gets the first goal in this game? I think really important for Florida to try to get that first goal tonight, mm -hmm. as opposed to playing from behind here. With what this atmosphere will be like, oh. and already one of the the greatest places ever we've ever seen to have a, a professional event. I think Florida needs to suck the life out of the building right away. And if they can't do that, it's going to be rocking the entire time. Because if they get down one or two goals, my God, uh, the atmosphere is going to be insane tonight. For goal in the first 10, somehow yeah. scored in like 80 seconds the other night, but the, the over in the first period came to an end. Mm -hmm. It's like 13 out of 14 games in Golden Knight games. My son plays on a house league team here, and he's played since he was 
he was three, became a Golden Knights fan when he was six months old when the team was born. So the coach sends an email Saturday. They play on Friday and Sunday. The goalie broke his wrist on the playground. Anybody want to volunteer to play goalie? So I emailed without even talking to my son, Matthew Will, because he's talked about it before and played it in the backyard with his cousins, but never with equipment. So he got to be a goalie for the first time. We got him all strapped in with everything. I told him, just don't let him beat your five hole. Because at seven and eight years old, it's hard to elevate the puck. Oh, so sure. The average scores of these games are like 14 to 10, this and that. They won 18 to two. He had a great performance. Wow. He did get beat five hole on a two on one break, which is understandable. And he let, he let in a, a wrist shot short side, which is, but other than that, he was really excited. And of course, the team came out and mobbed him and he was player of the game. But those are a few oh, that's incredible. snapshots from, uh, from the game Sunday morning. So what was his reaction when you told him that you volunteered him to play goalie? He said, yeah. And then when the coach said, somebody else volunteered, do you want to do it Friday? He goes, no, I want to do it today. My dad's here today. Oh, very cool. <laughs> if you miss any of the show, go back, search Follow the Money, wherever you get your podcast. Great job today, Mike. Thank you. Yeah. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media. But now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. <laughs> 